1: It's played.
2: Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins
0: Saturday. This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable blade knives Enter the discount code Nation30. That's N A T I O N three zero for thirty percent off of your purchase.
2: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Hopefully, you all are enjoying your spring, getting outside, enjoying the the warmer weather since you know since winter has kind of broken here, and getting some fishing in getting fired up for turkey season if you're into foraging now's the time to be outside looking for ramps so among other things but ramps is one thing that i'm familiar with and and know where to find or, or what they look like so that's why i mention them but there's other things out there this time of year as well so lots of things to be doing outside this week's Show is brought to you by Monster Whitetail Grub. So, Monster Whitetail Grub is a longtime sponsor of the show and for good reason. They make a good product, it's a great company. They're an Ohio based company, so, lots of good things going on over there. They've got their signature Monster Whitetail Grub Feed, which is a high-protein feed with mineral mixed in. They've got flavored corn options. They've got straight mineral, which I know a lot of you like to run in the spring. So lots of good options. So check them out, Monster Whitetail Grub. Go to OhioHuntsman.com slash sponsors. There's a link there to get in touch with them and try their stuff. With that, we're going to get into this week's episode. If you enjoy the content if you've been enjoying the show if you're if you're a longtime listener but maybe aren't subscribed to this the the channel make sure you're subscribed and come interact with us on on social media we're ohio huntsman on facebook ohio huntsman underscore podcast on instagram and you can always check us out on our website ohiohuntsman.com. so with that we're going to get into this week's conversation Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? All right, so today, you know, we're we as hunters are are big part of hunting is is sourcing wild protein the other side of that or or sort of the i don't know sister hobby is foraging and or gardening and i know you know we grew up with a i'd say a modest garden you know we weren't you know we were never Hardcore gardeners, you know, as a family, as kids, I would, you know, grandpa was, uh, you know, dad's dad was a, when he, back when he was, you know, capable, he always had a pretty impressive garden, but uh, thought we would kind of talk gardening and, and sourcing your own homegrown veggies, I guess, today. It's that time of year, right everybody's thinking spring, planting, gardening, um, adding to your chicken flock if you're <laughs> still working on ducks for Jeff you know so uh, that's the kind of thing you know you go into TSC or, or rural King or any, you know any of those uh, sort of farm and fleet type stores. And that's, you know, those, that's what those stores are full of right now. Those sort of seasonal items for getting your garden going, getting your, you know, your chicken flock started or, or adding to it. And just, it just felt timely, I guess, to kind of have a conversation about this. And I know we, we always try to plant here. We, we plant a small, you know, very small garden at our last house. We, we, planted an even smaller garden jeff how do you guys put like a garden plot in if you will or do you sort of do container type stuff
3: we have two like garden plots um they're not really big um i couldn't even tell you you know they they might be like five by ten you know areas Right, and we got two of them, and then I, I do my potatoes in containers mostly, and sometimes we'll do like containers on the porch of like peppers and you know stuff like that
2: okay. too. And Jake, your your life is kind of in flux right now with with building a house and you know shortly selling a house, and so
1: yeah, you're gonna put a there won't be any garden this year i'm sure next year we'll probably yeah venture into that but at this point yeah it would just be too much not that where we're building our house as far from where we live now but it would just be we don't have any you know utilities at the property at this point so
2: yeah until you get water out i mean because right. there are times where you might need to give your garden a squirt of water and that kind of stuff and so
1: all right so yeah we couldn't be a lot of work and then if we catch a you know drought this summer and lose it all or whatever it would be so next year (laughs) yeah so jeff
2: um now i'm curious why do you have two separate gardens
3: uh, that's a good question. I, I, I don't really know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, I don't know what the, uh, because they're, they're basically right next to each other. But I, I don't really know why there's two, like why we did it the way we did it. Cause they're, they're sort of like raised bed gardens. Mm-hmm. Um, and one has wood sides, and the other one has cinder block sides. And I think, potentially, we were just kind of trying the two different methods to see which one we liked better. And we ended up just keeping both the way they are, because they both have their own benefits.
2: Okay. Okay. So now I, I've got it because so we just for, I guess, ease, I don't know. We also did a cinder block raised bed. We went one course high. Does yours do one high or two high? Or? Yeah,
3: it's one. One high.
2: Yeah, we did one high. Because basically, you know, I didn't have to till anything up. We, we put the, the cinder blocks down. <clears throat> I think I did initially like to kind of keep the grass at bay, put, I think I lined the bottom with newspaper and then, uh, you know, we just went and bought bags of garden soil or whatever. The, just the bag dirt, you know, from, Mm -hmm. I don't know where, actually I think it was home Depot and I hauled them, (laughs) I hauled them home in the trunk of my Sonata uh, (laughs) as I'm loading them in, you know, it's like, I'm kind of trying to calculate how much weight I'm putting in there. Like, is this the weight of, uh, you know, if this car was loaded down with five adults? Cause it's really yeah. kind of sagging in the back end a little bit, but it made it home fine. I, you know, I don't know. I never heard the tires rub. <laughs> <laughs> as far as I'm aware, uh, there was no, no damage from that event. And we've since sold that car. So, but uh, y- you say there's benefits to, both what what have you found to be the benefits of the cinder block raised bed to the wood raised bed well
3: the main benefit with the cinder block raised bed is it i have very little flat ground on my property on my lot Mm -hmm. um and so the wood one you know is all straight lines basically like with if the ground's not level, there's gaps. The cinder blocks can, you know, fluctuate with the ground level and right, okay. you know it looks all good and the dirt doesn't fall out the bottom. You know, you don't have to build up around the edges of it to keep the dirt in.
2: Yeah.
3: Um the main drawback of the cinder block one is now you have you know like the holes of the cinder blocks that you have to like weed door whatever
2: yeah that's the so the cores one that wants to one thing i like about cinder blocks is for me right i can you can walk on them right like for ella you know she's a kid she's got small feet if she's not careful You know, she'll put her foot down in one, get her shoes stuck in there, fall down. You know, it's kind of a little precarious for her as she wants to walk around, at least last year. Maybe this year she'll be better with it. But there was a handful of times where, you know, her foot get, get hung up in there and she's about to fall into the garden on top of our plants. You know, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. But I like being able to kind of walk on the blocks around the the garden but you're right the cores is a is a real pain because they do we like we got the bright idea a couple times where it was like oh we'll plant like just little you know ella wanted flowers or something we'll plant flowers in the in some of the cores Mm -hmm. just because and so we put dirt in a few of them and put flowers in them and it was great but man do does the weeds and grass and stuff like to grow in those once the flowers are gone
3: yeah yeah and yeah I've seen a lot of people that yeah use those as planters for like flowers to bring pollinators to their garden or uh, like they put uh, like uh, I'm trying to think of what those flowers are hmm I don't know. There's a popular flower that, uh, I, for some reason, a lot of animals don't like. Like, you can, they basically sort of build a fence ar- around their garden.
2: Oh, yeah. To,
3: you know, keep the bunnies out. But I can't think of what the flowers are called.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to think too. It's not chrysanthemum, or I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But we could sit here all day and try to figure it out. Yeah. But yeah. I, uh, so it sounds like we, you know, we kind of did a unknowingly did a a very similar thing. And then, so the other thing that, what, well, before we get into that, what do you guys usually plant in your garden?
3: Well, I'm, I'm not a very good gardener really when it comes down to it. Um, so Usually, uh, we'll plant spaghetti squash Mm -hmm. because spaghetti squash is really easy to grow, it seems, Uh, because we do well with zucchinis, Um, and then typically, I plant radishes in the garden, and then I do, like, planters for my potatoes. Potatoes is what I a lot of because i like potatoes okay and i think potatoes are easy to grow really yeah
2: so i'm hoping to get some some listener input on this one on this episode that you know hopefully from some people that are good at <laughs> at gardening because we we typically we've tried a variety of things but we we generally always have some sort of tomato always have some sort of pepper a lot of times a couple different peppers cucumbers and then then from there we sort of experiment we've planted sweet corn before we've planted spinach before uh no, maybe that was kale, romaine lettuce. We we tried carrots once. And I'm trying to think what else have we tried? Broccoli. We've done broccoli, peas, green beans. Um but yeah, so <clears throat> generally always some sort of tomato. Typically a like some sort of small cherry type tomato. Last year we planted, I don't, I don't know if they're more of like an orange cherry tomato, like a sunburst cherry tomato or something like that. Everybody loved them. I'm not a big, to, when I say I'm not a big tomato guy, I really don't like, I, I try them every year in the garden, you know, cause it's like, Oh, it looks so good. And and you know, juicy. And I, <clears throat> I eat one every year and I'm like, Nope, I nope, just can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: well um, there's a long Long history of uh, You and, and tomatoes
2: Yeah yeah. I mean, Some childhood scarring there Potentially
3: <laughs> Right right
2: <laughs> Yeah so. But to this day I, uh, I guess for Because the listeners will be curious Now I guess When I was a kid Um w- w- there was a time where, uh, in the summers, our, our aunt would watch us while mom was at work or, you know, parents were at work. And I, I don't remember anything other than I had to eat, or I don't know, I guess we all had to eat a slice of tomato for lunch before we were allowed to go back out and play. Is that, is that how you guys remember it?
1: Uh, I don't yeah. remember it specifically being a slice. I just remember whether they were cherry tomatoes. I don't remember. I just remember having to eat
2: tomatoes. tomatoes. I mean, some it wasn't
1: sort. like that was our main course. But no, like no, no. Give us a tomato. Even if it was on a sandwich and we took it off, she would make us eat the tomato slice <laughs> or whatever it was. That was, we had to eat it to clean our plate before we could go back outside to play.
2: Yeah. And I didn't like tomatoes, but, you know, it was sort of a forced thing. I, again, it's been so long now. You know, I don't remember specifics, but just like being forced to eat tomatoes that I didn't like, you know, as a kid, um, I'm sure throwing a fit that like... I'm not eating a tomato. You're gonna eat the tomato. I'm not eating it, you know, and just like probably going on for far longer than it needed to, and and that's what I I sort of blame my hatred for, and it's not even hatred. Like I today, I kind of wish I liked tomatoes, and that's why I try, <laughs> I try them every year, but I'm just like I I just
1: uh, I just can't it just kind of yeah. make me gag. I'm not a I mean I'll eat them. I like them on a like on a sandwich or chicken sandwich or something with a tomato. That's not bad. But I don't you wouldn't catch me just popping a cherry tomato in my mouth and chomping it like, you know, like a piece of fruit or Yeah. You know, biting into a tomato like an apple. No way. That's not my thing either.
2: Yeah. It depends
1: for me like if I'm
2: if I'm I may pull a tomato off a sandwich, but like tacos or Mexican type stuff, as long as it's not like heavy on tomatoes, I'll leave them on tacos, you know, stuff like that where it's, where it's diced up kind of small. That doesn't seem to bother me as much. Any other tomato products, I'm, you know, tomato sauces and, uh, you know, ketchup and any of that stuff. And, you know, it's not it doesn't go that deep right <laughs> but uh yeah
1: like salsa yeah i'm
2: a That's big fan good. of salsa oh that yeah. reminds me last year we accidentally planted tomatillos uh, amanda went and picked out our plants and thought she was buying tomatoes but miss <laughs> had misread i mean she also bought those other like i said i, I had like a sunburst or, or something cherry tomato but she also ended up with these tomatillos, which they make like the salsa verde, the green salsa, is made from tomatillos. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And uh, man, we, so we always uh, one of the reasons we always plant like a cherry tomato or something is Manda likes them, and they always grow like crazy for us. We get tons of cherry tomatoes. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, same thing with the tomatillos. They did great in our garden last year. I don't, have you guys ever like seen a tomatillo plant, like how they grow?
3: Yeah, I think so. I, they, don't they grow with like a, if I'm thinking of the right plant, like they're, they're like a viney plant, but they, the, they grow with like a papery film around the. Yeah.
2: The fruit, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So they grow, they don't grow up like a tomato. They, like you said, they kind of, it's not a vine, like a cucumber vine, you know, where it's got those little cues, you know, that it, it uses to climb. It's not a climbing vine, I guess. Um, <clears throat> But tomatillos, like you said, they have a, when they're, before they're ripe, you know, it's kind of a, like a leafy husk around the actual fruit and then as they start to turn brown my, my understanding because i just researched them last year like as they start to ripen that that husk around them kind of dries out and turns papery and that's when they're ready if you pick them before then the tomatillos are are green at that point they start to turn like a uh like a more yellowish pale yellow Kind of color, you know. Up, uh, yeah. I guess maybe, maybe they. I'm trying to remember now. Maybe they start to get a little orange if you really let them go. But I like salsa verde, and uh, so that was kind of a happy accident. It was like, oh, well, I'm gonna, you know, we we had, I think two two plants. They grew like bonkers, and Ella and I would just go out there with the bucket and. I mean, cause the nice thing the, the they're like, they're a little bit like cheating because even if you don't get them right away and they, and they just say they fall off the plant, they're inside that papery husk. And so it keeps them from like falling on the ground and starting to rot. So you could just, you could even just pick them up off the ground and, you know, pull that husk off. And so we just froze them as you know, we pulled the husks off and froze them. I still have yet to make the. The salsa out of them. That, that's on my list of things to do here shortly. But <clears throat> I'm hoping that uh, we can make some pretty good salsa verde from them. Did you anywho- try them fresh? Uh, I did. You eat them? I did have one, and I, uh, I honestly don't. I don't remember. I couldn't. I couldn't describe the. Flavor to you right now. I, it was last year. It was like, oh, I wonder what these things just taste like, you know. And and I, so I do remember trying them, but past that, I don't. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, God, they're gross, you know. But uh, I couldn't
3: see. I I think I've tried them once, and uh, I I did not like them. I I, I thought the flavor was reminiscent of uh throwing up in your mouth a little bit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well maybe I'll have to I don't know now that they've been frozen, I don't know yeah. what it is. You know, but
3: <clears throat> I mean they were just like it was it was tomato y a little bit, but it was like real acidic. Yeah, you know, so it gave you that same feeling. Yeah. You know, I, it probably wasn't even so much the flavor, just like the 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 acidicness, yeah. you know, made you feel that way. Right. So, yeah, I I was kind of I kind of gagged on them.
2: <laughs> yeah. So we'll have to see what we plant this year. We always do really well with cucumbers. Corn was kind of a fail for it. You know, when we did sweet corn, that was kind of a fail for us. Peppers, we always, I've tried, so have you seen where they recommend on the, on the, like the baby plants, if you buy like, you know, little started pepper plants, there's that little bud in the center, like that the thing is, the plant is sort of growing out of, right? It's like that new growth in the center. Have you seen where people recommend snipping that off and it causes the, the plant, instead of growing tall and lanky, it causes it to really bush out and get a lot more sort of branches, if you will, and therefore buds, blooms, more peppers. I don't know if we just don't have the right soil chemistry or what, but I've, like last year, I did a, I did a, like, I'm going to snip half of them and I'm going to leave the other half. And neither one of them really did that. You know, we get a few peppers, but it's not like, it's not like the tomatoes where it's like, boy, do we have a bunch of, you know, tomatoes. It, it's Peppers are never like, wow, we got a lot of, you know, it's like, oh, we got a jalapeno there that's about ready to pick. And there's another one on that other plant that'll be ready. You know, it's, we never have like bonker pepper harvest. I don't know. Do you guys have ever do any good? Well, Jake, you, you haven't really been in a position to do gardens, but. Jeff, do you ever, with your pepper plant, you said you do some container pepper plants. you ever do any good with peppers?
3: Yes, and I think it's all about the genetics of the plant, basically. Getting a good plant versus a bad plant. Okay. Because I bought, one year I bought a bush jalapeno. Like, that's what it was called. And that thing produced a ton of jalapenos. I mean, it It really did well. Yeah. And then uh, I've grown, I forget what they were called, like firecracker chilies or something like that. You know, they were just little, little chilies. And that plant produced, I mean, just way more than I could ever consume. Yeah. You know, a fistful a week for you know, a month, and I mean, they're hot chilies, so yeah. it's hard to find enough applications for them, you know, I mean, I was eating them on everything, you know, yeah. I'd cut them up, put them on hot dogs, put them on burgers, mix them in this uh, macaroni salad, not macaroni salad, uh, pasta salad, and yeah, I mean, I still couldn't find enough uses, so i I mean, I think you got to be really cautious in what you're the plants you're buying, because I think there's a lot of places that sell plants that aren't the best. You know, like they're just not good genetic plants, and you get a poor yield from them.
2: Yeah. Well, if any listeners have any tips for peppers, I'm I'm open because we've tried. You know, bell peppers, jalapeno peppers. Uh, We haven't planted them recently, but we've done like Hungarian wax peppers. And we just never they never, you know, we get a few and, and, you know, it's like I'd like to get. I mean, other than planting like 30 plants, I'd like to get enough to can some or, you know, but we just never really get that much. I want to take a quick break here and talk about our sponsor, Maston's Deer Scents. So, Maston's is a scent company. They not only have deer scents, but they've also got predator scents, and not just your standard liquid scents. They, of course, have liquid scents, but they've also got scented gel crystals. So, like the... I'm sure you guys have seen them. They're, they're the little gel crystals. When you add liquid, they expand. So, they've got those. that can be refreshed with their liquid scent. They've got your scent drippers. They've got scented candles, so not like not like potpourri candles, but uh, like deer-scented candles, doe and estrus candles, or um, I, I do think they have like an apple-flavored candle or apple-scented scented candle. Uh, so lots of options over there sort of unique scent products. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of other places doing that kind of thing, so cool stuff to go check out, and the prices are really reasonable. So go to Mastin'sDeerSense.com, check out what they have to offer. You can order right on their site, and they ship direct from them to you. So check them out, Mastin'sDeerSense.com. A funny story about peppers, though. You mentioned the chilies. Way back... We were renting, we were renting a little duplex and we didn't have, I don't know, it wasn't a garden. I think we just put peppers or a few plants like in the flower beds around the perimeter of this house. And we ended up, you know, for whatever reason, I think we ended up buying some sort of chili, chili pepper. I think maybe that was the one time where we did pretty good with peppers uh, maybe i'm trying to, I, don't, I don't remember how many but anywho same it's like i don't know what to do with these things i'm gonna dry them out and you know crush them up or something you know i don't know make my own crushed red pepper or or something you know and so i i don't remember exactly i think i cut the tops off of them and maybe cut them lengthwise or something and then i was i was i uh we had a toaster oven and I had the door propped open and on like low heat. And I was going to use that to try and dry them out. And uh, eventually we had to abort mission. It, it just like, it filled that duplex with like pepper spray. You couldn't, you couldn't breathe in there. Like it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you just cough so bad <laughs> and so fine. Then we had to, I just had to, we just had to stop, open the windows up, you know, clear it out. It was like, Oh boy, that was a, That was a failed mission. but
3: Yeah, I have that problem a lot because my kitchen in my house isn't really well ventilated all that well, and I like spicy food. And I'll start cooking stuff and, yeah, just, I mean, make it so you can't even breathe in the house. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you got to open all the doors, put a fan by the door, just, you know, blowing that stuff out because... Yeah. yeah it's like pepper spray
2: yeah so if anybody out there is a pro pepper grower I'd like to know your secrets <clears throat> the other thing I want to mention Jeff you've mentioned growing uh, potatoes a couple times and I, I think that's something that I might try this year but man there is like you know most most stuff it's like you know, I don't know, you plant it in the ground or if, if you don't have like a garden plot, you know, you can plant it in containers. But potatoes, there is like, I don't want to say a million, but there is a, a bunch of different ways that people grow potatoes and claim that it's the best, the easiest, the whatever, you know, from plant them in the ground to I've seen people plant them in hay bales. I've seen containers i've seen buckets i've seen um oh like uh basically like making a a chicken wire or hog wire cage and and planting them in that and then you just open the cage up and everything sort of falls out there's a a bunch of different ways that people grow potatoes so what have you tried and what have you found to be successful when when it comes to growing potatoes?
3: So I've tried the the chicken wire thing, you know, making the chicken wire tube if you will. Um I've tried like large buckets. You know, they they were they're designed the like as like a, a like a kid's toy bin. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, you know, so I've I've done that. Um, I've done mounds in the ground. Um, and then I, the system that I use most often that I've found is the best is your 50-pound corn bags using those as okay. basically planters.
2: And I guess to back up, for for people that don't know, if, you, if you've never grown potatoes before, they're a little different in that you don't plant them from a, a seed or, you know, you go buy, at least I don't think you can go buy started potato plants. You buy seed potatoes, right, Jeff?
3: Yeah, yeah, you buy seed potatoes. I mean, I guess technically you could go buy a started plant somewhere, maybe.
2: I've just never have seen them, I to, guess.
3: Yeah. I, the only thing I've ever seen is, like, red potatoes. I've seen planters. Like, you can buy a planter that already has red potatoes growing.
2: in. it. Oh, okay.
3: Which is kind of cheating. I mean, really. I mean, kind of. Because it's like, okay, well, then you're basically just buying potatoes. Like, it's pretty similar to just going to the grocery store and buying potatoes.
2: Yeah, except these you, you have to water and wait for right. a couple months to, <laughs> to right. grow. Yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, it's... Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've and found... And so seed that potatoes are bags... just...
2: I mean, there's nothing, like, fancy about seed potatoes other than they're potatoes that haven't been treated with some sort of, like, spud inhibitor... Right? I mean, is there anything
3: Yeah. that separates a regular potato from a seed potato? Yeah, no, not really. I mean, usually the leftovers, if you will, like the potatoes that aren't of the quality to be eaten to go to market, become seed potatoes. okay. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of usually kind of how it works. Okay. And then, yeah... The potatoes you buy at the store most likely, you know, to eat typically have a, like a sprouting inhibitor on them that prevents them from going to you know sprouting on you right
2: on the shelf, in the store shelf. Right. Yeah, Which then inhibits any kind of growth if you're trying to use them as a seed potato or can can yeah <clears throat> okay so you said the the feed bag method is what you found that, that's what you use
3: yeah yep and, and
2: why I did use, you settle on that method uh i got
3: the the best yields off of that i mean uh making the the hills in the ground the big problem you come into is you, you never really know how deep to to dig you know like right. when you're right. harvesting you never know how how deep to go basically yeah because sometimes they'll really they'll send a root like way down into the hard ground and you know there'll be, be potatoes down there and Man, I've
2: I've seen the other issue with that is damaging potatoes as you grow as you dig them out.
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah. You that way you have. Yeah. When you make a mound, you kind of have to dig into the mound to get them out. And you can damage potatoes. Um With the chicken wire, the problem I have with that, that it, I is I got really bad yield because, you know, you're supposed to be able to plant like on the top and all the sides. Well, with planning on the sides, you, you get like uh, basically the sides only get half sun because, oh, you know, right. in the morning, one side gets it. The other side shaded and vice versa in the evening.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. So it just really didn't work out well. And they, you know, wanted to. It was also a little bit hard, if you will, like they kind of they want to fall apart like the dirt wants to fall out. You know, even if you know, because you can put like newspaper around the side, well, but that, that newspaper, you know, eventually over the summer, you know, deteriorates. And mm-hmm. with how loose you want the soil to be to grow potatoes, the, the soil wants to fall out. Right. So I, I didn't like that method with the bags. It's real easy. You know, you put some soil in the bag, put your potatoes down, put a little bit of soil on top of them. And then I typically put like grass clippings or some, some sort of mulch, if you will, on the top, um, grass clippings, leaves, um, you know, whatever to kind of hold the moisture down, and you know, give them a place to grow.
2: Now, are you like rolling the bags down? You're not yes. filling the bags all the way to the top, no. are you?
3: No, I roll them down. Okay. Uh, you know, I I probably put maybe six inches of soil in the bottom. You know, depending on the the variety of potato too.
2: Okay.
3: Um. You know, because like red potatoes, and I I meant nine inches, red potatoes, I might do six inches, put the potatoes, and then a few more inches, and then a lot of grass clippings, you know, Mm because the grass clippings will dry out and compress down. Typically, I'll add grass clippings throughout the summer because they they dry out and compress down and, you know, basically turn into like sheets of paper.
2: Okay, so yeah, the idea w- with, like you said, with the grass clippings is to keep moisture in and keep any, because you've got to keep, if, if any potatoes grow close to the surface to where they're starting to break through the soil, you've got to keep those covered because the sun, yeah. I, I saw something where like, if you, if the sun gets to them, they turn green and then they're toxic to eat or something like that?
3: Yeah, that's what I've heard, yeah, as if if the they they'll turn green if the sun gets to them. I've seen it. Okay. Um, and I, and I've heard that they're toxic. I don't know how toxic exactly, but I've I've heard that they're toxic, and I've heard people say that they're like really
2: toxic. So you really shouldn't eat the green potato chips in the bottom of the bag, then.
3: Yeah, potentially not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I never really thought about that, but yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh,
3: And another method that I I have seen a lot of people use to grow potatoes that I think is a really bad idea is tires. Growing potatoes in old tires. Okay. I think that's a really bad idea. Like, I mean, because you have whatever materials... Those tires are made out of leaching into the soil, Mm -hmm. plus then whatever they pick up on the roads leaching into that soil. And then you're going to eat what you're growing out of that. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't like that idea. But people do that because, it, you know, you get the soil gets warmer earlier because they're black. Yeah, that's the same reason people sometimes will grow potatoes in trash bags. Oh, okay. And it kind of extends your season because the soil gets warmer sooner. But I'm thinking in in the middle of the summer, I mean, that'll fry, you know, you'll you'll end up with potato chips coming out of the soil (laughs) because those tires are going to get so hot. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I... I haven't had the problem of, you know, wanting to get started. I, I guess I don't want to get started that early. Yeah. You know, usually I plant, you know, in the spring and then we'll harvest like midsummer and replant to harvest in the fall.
2: Okay. Um, is that everything or potatoes?
3: Potatoes, just potatoes. Okay. I'll, I'll plant, uh, like in the spring, I mean, depending on the variety, you know, varieties take all different kinds. You know, there's a lot of diversity in potatoes. You know, so some you plant in the spring and basically won't be ready till the fall, and then others you can basically plant twice. Okay. You know, and I I like to plant you know heritage varieties of potatoes and stuff like that you know mostly i i mean i really like growing like what are called blue potatoes but they're really purple i like growing those because those you know are fancy you know you can make some really fancy fried potatoes or Mm. fancy mashed potatoes
2: so the the skins are purple or the or the like the flesh is purple
3: the skins like a dark purple almost black a lot of times and the flesh is like a light purple like a lavender a lot, a lot of times oh,
2: okay huh oh.
3: and i mean to if you're making a mashed potato to make them look at like to really get the color you have to leave the skins on because if you peel them it i mean you get a little, little bit of a purple color to them but they i don't know They, they really don't look appetizing. They look kind of like gray, you know, they have a purpley hue, but kind of a grayish color Yeah, mashed potato. They, they don't look good. Um, but yeah, if you, like a lot of times I'll make like, like fried potatoes out of them, like, you know, cube them up and, you know, butter and seasoning and then bake them or fry them up. And, uh, you know, having some purple potatoes mixed in with the other colors, you know, it, it looks really appetizing. It, yeah. you know,
2: it's fancy. So, I, yeah, I
3: like, I like to grow those, you know, those kinds of potatoes. I don't do great with growing like baked potato sized potatoes. Even mm. when I plant potatoes that are supposed to be like baked potato sized potatoes. Typically, I'll grow like one baked potato, size one, and then like 30 small potatoes.
2: <laughs> okay.
3: <laughs> you know, like you get, it's, yeah, and it's like, well, I put this, I put a potato in the ground and got one potato out. Like that's, I'm yeah. not gaining here.
2: Right, yeah. You
3: know, so I, I don't know what that strategy is. So if you're looking to make baked potatoes, potatoes i might not be the, your guy but i do pretty well like growing you know smaller potatoes like you know red potatoes and then you know smaller potatoes to cut up and yeah. make your baked potato you know your baked cubed potatoes or whatever or fried potatoes
2: yeah so i i guess talking yields what what do you typically... Well, let me back up. How many seed potatoes do you put per bag? And then what kind of yields are you getting from each feed bag worth of of potato plants?
3: So, for like red potatoes, typically I'll put like three to four plants per bag. Okay. And usually... You know, it varies a lot. Sometimes I have a successful bag, and sometimes I have a not-so-successful bag. <clears throat> but I've gotten... Out of one of those bags with red potatoes, I've got Easily, I've gotten 50. You know, I've filled a... A two-gallon bucket full of potatoes out of one bag before.
2: Wow, okay.
3: Um, you know, but I've also had some... Sometimes you know, plants that just don't do successful and, you know, I might get, you know, five potatoes, five red potatoes per plant, which is, you know, basically a complete failure. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, about the same sort of situation with with larger potatoes, you know, usually with larger potatoes, I'll put, put one to two plants per bag. And usually from each plant, you know, I'll get, you know, if I'm on average, it's probably about 10, I'll get 10 potatoes from each plant. But, you know, sometimes I get 25 and sometimes I get five. And then with baked potatoes, almost every time I, I get one big potato out of it and then a bunch of small potatoes, you know. A lot of times they're real small, like dime-sized.
2: You oh, okay. know?
3: you can't even really use them; they're just garbage. Yeah, you know.
2: Okay. Anything else people need to know about potato, or I need to know about uh, planting, growing, harvesting potatoes?
3: Well, my biggest thing is there's a lot of what i say bad information on the internet about potatoes there's a lot of strategies people have that are really bad you know because a lot of people talk about like basically as as the plant grows like you just keep covering it with soil Mm -hmm. like especially in in the bags or like uh you know when you're building these potato towers, like keep yeah. covering it with soil. Well, what I've found, all that does is you create one giant stalk up the middle of your bag or your tower. And the only place where potatoes are developing is in the very bottom, you know, uh. the very bottom of this and not very many potatoes are being developed there because it's, The plant's using all of its energy trying to grow up. Gotcha. You know, because, I mean, the one time I had probably close to four and a half foot tall potato plant. You know, I mean, it was four and a half feet tall from bottom to top. Right. You know, it was all covered in soil. But, yeah, in the very bottom was the only place potatoes grew. And wasn't nearly as many as the plants i left alone you know basically let them grow maybe cover them up once once they sprout yeah but then let grow you know those yield way more because they can take all their energy and put it in the potatoes and not into trying to grow out of the ground
2: yeah yeah yeah, because you see that a lot, like, you know, at, over the course of the summer, add more soil to it, add more soil to it. The yeah, idea being I'm, that, like, it's going to shoot off more roots, more tubers or whatever, and form more potatoes as as you continue to cover it. But I, I can. I mean, I haven't done it, but I can see how, yeah, what you're saying is like you just end up with a really long stalk and tomatoes yeah. or tomatoes, potatoes only growing down in the bottom.
3: Yeah, and maybe it's a variety you know thing like some varieties respond better to that than others. You know, cuz
2: Yeah, that could be.
3: I I don't know. Somehow that got out there, but to me it doesn't make any logical sense. Like you want the plant to spend its energy making potatoes. You don't want it to spend its energy growing. So it doesn't make sense. It, it's kind of counterintuitive, but there might be certain varieties that respond better to that than others.
2: Well, and maybe it's just, like you said, just like bad information in that, because when you grow them in the ground, you do have to, I think what they call like hill them, right? Because as the potatoes grow and the potatoes get bigger, they start to want to push up through the ground. And if you don't hill them, we talked, you know, they're going to, the sun burns them up; they turn green or whatever. And you can't use them, so you have got to hill them up. And so maybe right. people just took that and ran with it. Well, like, well, if I keep hilling them up, I'll get even more potatoes. You know, maybe I don't know, but
3: yeah, that that might be the origin of it.
2: So, uh, one more question I just thought of: What are you filling these bags with?
3: Um, I try to. I've I've experimented with a lot of different things. Um, but I try to use as much, I mean, you want to keep the soil really loose, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and I try to use like really good organic material. You don't want to put so much organic material in there that that like basically it just decays and, you know, you don't want to put it into a comp. Compost Pile really right. that has like Wet organic material You know because The potatoes will rot but If you can Basically mix Like 50 50 Like with like Soil or potting Soil and then like leaves You know where it's So it's like really Strong organic material uh-huh. Um that's What I found is the best.
2: Okay.
3: You know, like shred up shredded leaves, um, because all those leaves are, you know, releasing all kinds of nutrients into the soil, and you got, and it makes a real soft soil, and, you know, the, the potatoes don't need to fight to, you know, grow, you know, push the soil away. Yeah. Also, you really want to keep rocks away. Way, because <laughs> potatoes will, like, almost envelop a rock. oh you know, if it if it is, if the soil's hard and it's up against a rock, like, it'll basically completely grow around that rock. And, huh. you know, then you have to, like, kick a rock out of your potato, damaging the skin a lot of times, which then... Makes it so they don't keep as long. Yeah. You know, if you, if you damage the skin, you basically got to use it right away.
2: Right, yeah. So, huh.
3: okay. try to keep rocks away.
2: All right. So, like we said at the beginning, it's gardening season. It's, uh, you know, I think it's pretty common for people who hunt to also be interested in, you, you know, Gardening, or or you know, if you're sourcing your own wild protein, it seems natural to also enjoy the the idea of growing your own vegetables, or or foraging. You know, I, I think foraging might be a, a you know, it's uh, I not that I'm a big forager, but it's it's a it seems to me like it's a thing where, Oh, Hey, I ran into a bunch of mushrooms or something. I'm going to use them in something I cook this weekend. And it's a nice, you know, a a nice surprise, Uh, but generally, you know, like your yields are, or, you know, you're going to, you can really get into like some canning and, and freezing and putting some things up for the winter with a, you know, with a, I mean, a relatively small garden. I mean, my, my garden is probably four by eight and I mean, we're not, we're not doing a ton of canning or freezing, but I mean, we definitely end up with like with tomatoes. And like I said, these tomatillos. you know, we're, we're, we froze those last year and going to make some salsa out of those. So, but yeah. So if you guys are gardeners, you got tips for us because we are, you know, by no means uh, expert gardeners. So, feel free to to share those tips. Either send them to us or if you want, jump on the Ohio Huntsman Facebook community and we can talk about stuff over there. And with that, I think we'll shut it off and talk to everybody next week. Alright, so that's it for this week. A little bit of a different topic this week, but I think it kind of ties into our uh, ethos, if you will, of you know kind of wanting to source our own food and and be more in control of our of our i guess of our food, of our diet, of where our food comes from, wanting to be wanting to be I guess that's what I'm trying to say, wanting to be part of the process, not just going to the grocery store and buying something wrapped in plastic off the shelf and and bringing it home. You know, we all like to kind of be part a participant in that process so hunting your own food is one way to do that growing your own food is another way of doing that so hopefully you guys found this interesting helpful um at least enjoyable to listen to so with that we're going to sign off and we'll be back next week thanks for listening